Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And B-Rad. And today we turn the clock back nearly four decades to rediscover the hits from 1980 that we've sadly forgotten. Two simple words in the English language. I forgot. Don't forget, Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. And as always, the CLNS Media website has launched at clnsmedia.com. clnsmedia.com is the home of this podcast and 40 other podcasts and vidcasts in the world of sports, finance, and comedy. I don't know if we're considered the comedy show, but we're funnier than Tom Hanks was in the movie Punchline. I'm not going to kid around with you people. This is, a, this is a heavy night. This is a real heavy night. I thought I was going to get discovered tonight. And that is exactly what happened. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Steve, joining us today, a guest host that needs no introduction. So I won't. Hi, Jen. Hey. Hi, people. Cool. We need you because we're going to cover a lot of territory. Yeah. And uh, a lot of music rediscovery is going to happen. And we need you to lead us on the way. Let's do this. It gets tiresome just having <laughs> me and bat songs back and forth like so much verbal tennis. Yes. I do love tennis, though. So let me explain the context of this new series. We hope this will be a series. That's the goal here. Uh, in the past, we've done stuff like horrible hits of the 80s and one-hit wonders. We're trying to go back now in time, and we're going to look at the Billboard Hot 100 chart for the for the year end for each year of the 80s, and we're going to find those songs that we've that were they were hits. They were hits, but we just don't name check them anymore, and they don't get played on retro radio anymore. Some of these songs we'll talk about today, maybe you've never even heard of. I know there's a couple on your all's list I've, I didn't hear until today for the first time. But we're going to tell you a little bit about them, um, and we're going to have some fun. And the important thing is we're not going to talk about like the really obvious songs. 1980 had some really big hits. You had uh, Olivia Newton-John with Magic on the Xanadu soundtrack, uh, Rock With You by Michael Jackson, oh. Crazy Little Thing Called Love by Queen, stuff oh. like that. Those are not going to be our picks. We're going we're gonna to go a little deeper and uh, have a little fun while we're at it. Work for everybody? Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. Let's make it happen. Brad, you're up first. Steve, I'm going to lead with a song that I had not thought about until I looked at this list. And then when I listened to it, I'm like, this is a really fun song. I really like it. I give you Breakdown Dead Ahead by Boz Skaggs. Mm-hmm. 
Bingo. Number one on my list of songs I never heard before today. So this is the lead single from his ninth album. Oh, my gosh. This guy was cranking out music. <laughs> uh, Middleman, which was released in March 1980. And this song went all the way to 15 in the charts in May. Uh, so it was kind of an early summer hit. It was co-written by Boz Skaggs and a guy you might have heard of, David Foster. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the lineup on this album is unbelievable. It is just like the cream of the crop of L.A. session musicians. You had like two-thirds of Toto in there. You had Steve Lutherker, David Hungate, and Lenny Castro on guitar, bass, and percussion in that order. Uh, Rick Murata and Don Grolnick who had both played with Steely Dan. You don't need to know how to play. Who are you, Steely Dan? And a ton of other things on drums and keyboards. And, you know, just because he co-wrote the song, David Foster also plays keyboards on this. Nice. Yeah. So this would be d- considered country western, right? Pretty firmly or no? No. 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 Like no. A- I, think, I think Boz Skaggs, are we, are we allowed to use the phrase blue-eyed soul? Is that? just not done anymore <laughs> that's yeah. kind of what it is most of and i think why this stands out in the boss gags catalog is it's a little more rocking okay gotcha i was just remembering when there was that era of crossover country you know with your your eddie rabbit your eddie's rabbit <laughs> and uh, <laughs> crystal gale and all that and stuff yeah, yeah exactly exactly oh, and, yeah. But it's funny because 1980 so. was a big year for that too there was a lot yeah. of big huge crossover country hits but this, a lot of country in the charts okay Okay, Jen, you're up next. All right. So I'm going to go with the song that we opened the show with. I'm coming out by Miss Diana Ross. love this song and i especially love the beginning of this song I, and it makes me curious if it was the, the first song on the album but anyway um it's it's not it's been heard of before but they don't play it a whole lot on the radio anymore it spent about 17 weeks on the chart and it got about up to number six in october 1980 and then another diana ross song also charted in 1980 upside down and it was from the same album, Diana, which was produced by Niall Rogers. I wanted to tell this quick story because I thought it was so awesome that Niall Rogers and his writing partner from Chic, Bernard Edwards, they spent all this time. Diana Ross wanted them to help her create this album. And they spent all this time with her. And one of the things they did was they went out dancing. So they go to this gay club in New York City and Nile Rogers notices that there's all these drag queens and some of them are dressed up like Diana Ross. So, (laughs) so he writes, it's no, it's not a coincidence that that's the name of the song I'm coming out. Like he specifically wrote this knowing she had a gay following and it just exploded after that. And, and it's still kind of an anthem in the gay community, but I love, I love that story. I just thought it was so funny how he like kind of manufactured it, but out of something real. Um, Yeah, and then this song still is one of my favorite getting ready to go out songs. Like, not at the beginning of getting ready, but when I'm almost ready, and it sort of gives me this extra confidence, like, <laughs> like I'm ready. <laughs> I'm really ready. Yeah. 
Like it's game on. Right, exactly. What, there's something wrong with Eye of the Tiger? There is nothing wrong with Eye of the Tiger, but... <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, Steve. Whatever floats your boat. But yeah, so I, I love the song. And it's... um, As I was getting ready for this episode, I was thinking about how like 1980, so close to 1979, and sort of that bridge where, you know, disco was still very much alive. And I don't even want to say it was petering out, but it was sort of trans- transitioning at this point. Um, yeah, it was. You were starting to lose some of the strings and get more horns in their place. Like the the orchestration was starting to change, and yeah. the kind of the tenor of it was starting to change. But it was not gone by a by a long stretch. Yeah, Stephen. On my first pick, I will definitely say there are no disco notes in this whatsoever. This is straight uh, from Philly. This is Hall Notes. Wait for me. You could go either way. Is it easy? So how many people have heard this song before today? Crickets. Not me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> no. But when you hear it, it is essential. I mean, it, it, it just, it's dripping with Hall and Oatesness, isn't it? I mean, it's got everything. It's got his peppy little voice. It's got the poppy little synth uh, little notes in there and everything. I love it. And yet I guarantee you, I'd never heard this song until like around <laughs> three hours ago. It is the third single off their album Ecstatic. Now, has anybody even did anyone even know they had an album called Ecstatic? I did not. No. And for for the listeners, it is spelled capital X, capital S T A T I C. Right, <laughs> like, right. It is. It is. Pre- he's, he's not just pronouncing that weird. No, it's and it's it's dripping with 1979ness, which is of course when it was released. It was uh, the whole, it eventually would peak out at number eighteen in early 1980. This song did. It was the only hit on the album, which shows you what a stink burger the rest of the album was to put it in context. The next biggest hit was a song called who said the world was fair, which topped out at a mighty 110th on the chart. So Ooh, barely a whisper. So I'd be curious if, if anyone who went on the hollow notes tour this last uh, year, whether or not they dragged this one out of the, uh, out of the uh, attic for uh, one last spin, but I, I like it. I think it's a fun song. It's gonna it's gonna be on my playlist from here on out. Brad, what's next on your playlist? Next up, this one is I think a instantly recognizable classic, but I can't remember the last time I heard it on the radio. I think some of this stuff suffers because it's it's barely eighties and it's not seventies, so it doesn't show up on either of those channels on on the the Sirius XM, which is where I listen to a lot of my over the air music. But enough of my discourse let's listen to the smooth stylings of commodores with still
still. Notice I didn't say the Commodores. I did notice, yes. <laughs> is it just Commodores, not the Commodores? It is just Commodores. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. The whole show on that. So this came out September 14, 1979. It was the second single from their Midnight Magic album, and it was the last R&B number one for the group before Lionel Richie left the band. This held on to to get into the 1980 Hot 100 because it was in the top 10 at the beginning of 1980 and stayed in the charts for about another six weeks. A couple interesting things about this song. One, written by Lionel Richie, and it was not written about a breakup he was going through. It was written about a couple that he was good friends with. And he said in an interview at the time, they decided that marriage was not the thing for them and they were probably destroying what they had in the first place, which was friendship. So they both sat down and said, listen, we want to be friends. We said some things wrong. We've done some things wrong. Let's get a divorce. And that way we can still be in love and still love each other as friends. Wow. That truly would not work today. (laughs) That's a different song. Truly. Wow, that's uh, I don't know that I don't I never knew that story. Now it's kind of screwing with my head. <laughs> Me either. But when you listen to the song, it kind of it clicks into place a little bit. Like he's yeah. he's mourning this loss, and you know the end of it. I do love you, and then there's that still yeah. right at the very end. <laughs> he's a good writer, that Lionel Richie. He really is. He really is. The other thing that I think of whenever I hear this song is marching band, because we played this. I think it was maybe my sophomore year. I don't remember exactly. But there's a point in the song where I'm always like, press box, where the marching arrangement kind of surges up and everyone kind of you know picks up and it's a lot louder. Any band geeks out there that played still in marching band, write me a letter and we'll we'll have our little support group. Was this a I, popular I would love. marching band song? You know what? It was a fairly popular chart. I know just looking today, I found two or three circa in mid-80s uh, marching band videos of bands playing it it was just the way i remembered it it gave me my entire body was covered in goosebumps wow yeah it was weird it was totally weird it was totally weird save us jen with your next pick from 1980 save us well (laughs) i'm going a little bit more on the disco uh train here this is dim all the lights by donna summer So I should have said Queen Donna Summer or Donna Summer, Queen of the Disco. She's the best. <laughs> I love her so much. Uh, anyway, Dim All the Lights. It wound up at number 74 at the end of 1980, although it was released and, and charted a whole lot in 1979. Probably more people have heard on the radio, which is from the same album called... Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but Dim big... All... what's funny about Dim All the Lights is... I don't recognize the title, but then as soon as I started listening to it today, I just felt like a little kid again listening to it on the radio. <laughs> and I realized it's because I never knew what she was saying. I just had a vague idea it was something about lights and I didn't really get it. But um, <laughs> but anyway, in my research today, I learned that this was Donna Summer's only hit single that she wrote by herself and that she was going to give it to Rod Stewart, but then changed her mind. 
Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And and what I huh. also didn't know was how popular of a disco song this was. It was nominated for Best Disco Recording when that was a category. <laughs> <laughs> At the twenty second, at the twenty second Grammy Awards in nineteen eighty, so um, other people liked it too. But I, I was listening to it today, and I was like remembering what a great disco song it is because it sort of starts very dramatically, as though it's going to be a really slow kind of ballad, and then the, the beat kicks in, and then that's when you I just change your choreography on the dance floor or something. Yeah, but uh, you set your drink down and put your mirror with the the cocaine remnants on away and <laughs> right. get to work. I thought you were going to say rouge, but. <laughs> go there um <laughs> no no tell yeah. the direction right but uh yeah so yeah. It, it's it's a cool song and it, it's definitely hasn't shaken off that disco vibe yet she hasn't gotten to, into her she works hard for the money kind of thing which yeah. makes me think brad you're actually right because there are no strings in that album but a lot of whole lot of horns yeah yeah the um this is yeah so the album this is on bad girls that's a double album and if you look at the track list on that you're like oh my gosh hit after, this hit, is, after hit this is a, just a money machine yeah absolutely and then i i also didn't realize that laura Branigan had a top 40 dance hit in 1995 with a cover of dim all the lights did you guys know that no, well, I didn't but, know uh, that. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't call myself a Laura Branigan completist either, though. <laughs> or 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 partialist. <laughs> I know a couple of her songs. So, dim the lights reminds me of skating rinks. Yeah, you know, which were huge in 1980. And so, for my second pick, I have to give you what to me is my ultimate memory of roller skating rinks in the early 80s. So, this is the Manhattans with Shining Star. realize the Manhattans had been around since 1962? Oh, my Lord. They're older we, than we are. Well, technically, there's only one of them that's still alive. The lead singer, uh, Gerald Alston, is the only member from the original Heyday lineup that is still alive. They all did leave pretty long lives and died in their 70s, but um, this is a band that had been around a while. But yeah, in April 1980, they gave us this song, and <laughs> They would win a Grammy Award for Best R&B Performance by a Duo Group. And it was the de facto couple skate song at Super Skate in Clearwater in 1980. Aww. God, I'm just picturing you there and the lights and the, the announcer. This is a couple skate, couple skate, reverse. Well, and you remember there was always like the two phases. That like when you when you first started skating, you're like if you could just skate forward and hold a girl's hand, that was probably the best you could do. But then once you got pretty good and you learned to skate backwards – then you can like really couple skate with a girl. So it's like that. I still remember like the first time I was able to finally like be confidently skate backwards to a couple skate to shining star. And it's like, it's like just one of those, like, you know, and then I became a man. Is that like the skating version of third base? <laughs> well, third base may have come later that day. I don't remember, but, uh, oh, well, you know, 
Does anybody else remember the Manhattan's other really big hit? It was a, it was across the board number one. Nope. Uh, 1976, Kiss and Say Goodbye. Oh, I do remember that song. I would, in, in a million years, not have known it was the Manhattans. Yeah, all this time I thought that um, Shining a Star was by Earth, Wind, and Fire. This whole time. Different song. You're shining star. Oh, that's why. <laughs> no matter who you so are. So I'm not so off the mark. But the Manhattan Shining Star it makes a much better couple state for sure. Who's up next for uh, top forgotten songs from 1980? B Rad. Go ahead, B Rad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm going with the marching band theme. If you didn't see this one coming, you just don't know me very well. I give you the one Fleetwood Mac song that I will ever voluntarily listen to Tusk. I gotta admit, when I hear this song, all I think about is the USC marching band. I know, I know. It kind of it's a double edged sword, isn't it? It gives and it takes because it's a marching band, but it's the USC marching band. So I'm just gonna set the USC stuff aside and just rejoice in the band nerdness of it all. This is a title track from their 1979 double LP, uh, also a late '79 release. It topped out in the charts in November of '79 at number eight, but it stuck around into January. Which just got it just squeaked across the line at 94th for the Hot 100 for the year 1980. This song, if you look at the credits for this, there's a lot of weird percussion stuff. But the song credits read Lindsey Buckingham on guitar, Kleenex box, and vocals, and Mick Fleetwood on drums, percussion, and lamb chops. Nice. Hmm. Yeah. Apparently, at one point, they had a big leg of lamb, and uh, Mick Fleetwood was whacking on it with a spatula. What? I feel as though there may have been some drugs involved it's, in the recording of this album. That's possible. So they shot the band part of it and shot kind of a video for the song at uh, Dodger Stadium, empty stadium, and they had the band out on the field. And uh, John McVie, as it turns out, was in Tahiti when they that day. And so um, Mick Fleetwood is seen carrying around a cardboard cutout of him and setting it up behind the the group while they sit. I always wondered what that, what was the deal behind the cardboard cutout? Yeah. You see it for just a second in the video and you're like, well, what, that doesn't make any sense. But now it, now it makes sense. Now, you know, the rest of the story. So this song also makes really good, uh, makes for a really good soundtrack over scenes. Yeah. TV movie scenes. This may or may not be my last Americans reference on this podcast, (laughs) but in the first season, I want to say, of Americans, might even have been the first episode, but they are doing some Russian spy stuff and there's some kind of like, you know, action going on screen and, and Tusk is playing for at least a couple of minutes, nice. probably more. And it is so tense and it is so like cool when you're hearing you know, it's yeah. just a cool it's song. A it's a great cool song. song. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like it was meant to overlay on, on like yes. a, a movie or yeah, a Yeah, because there's was- not that much to it. If you look at the lyrics, it's like, 
you know, okay, there's there's nothing there. So it's all about the music. Yeah. Who's up next? Jen? I'll go. So for my last pick from the 1980s, this is a song from an up-and-comer you may have heard of. <laughs> this is Michael Jackson's Off the Wall. I love you picked this song because, I mean, when people name check MJ in pre-Thriller, they throw out a lot of songs, but you never hear anyone really talk about this one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And if you match up, if you like take the song list from Off the Wall and Thriller, like I love Thriller to pieces, but I like more songs on Off the Wall. Yeah, I will, I will stake out what is sometimes the unpopular opinion that this is a better album. I like it better. See, I came close to going there, but I couldn't quite do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And you want to know why? You want to know why? There's why? one reason. Why? It's that duet with Paul McCartney on Thriller. I hate it. I hate it. I'm a love and edified. Oh, God, it is so bad. <laughs> if you took that, if, yeah, if, that's if fair. Somehow you went out and erased that from every copy of Thriller, I'd probably land in the Thriller camp, but I just can't do it with that McCartney duet. It's so no. barfy. Yeah, no, that's fair. About that's me. fair. But a lot of people like this song because it was number four on the Billboard chart for the whole year. And it's from, of course, the album of the same name, Off the Wall. It was Michael Jackson's 19th album. Yikes. Yeah, he's been, he was doing this for a long time. And his first collaboration with Quincy Jones. And it, it obviously uh, was a good marriage because this album is awesome. Yeah. Again, I'm like trying to think. There, there were some disco elements, especially... Um, don't stop till you get enough is like a would get me out onto a dance floor oh, yeah. in a minute. Oh yeah. Um, but this song is like so smooth and mellow, and oh, I love it. I love it, and I remember it. And I, I bet other listeners will recognize this. But whenever I hear it, I can't help but remember the making of Thriller video. Or you know, it was like a an accompanying. To, you could see like all the makeup that was done and stuff. And there's this one little montage of choreography and like people putting on their costumes and stuff. And they play off the wall over that part. And that's what I think of every time I hear off the wall is that like little making of thriller. It's oh, obscure. I love that. That's so cool. That's great. <laughs> no, that's a great pick. I love this song, and I don't listen to this album enough. So I'm gonna pop that in the CD player tonight. Yeah, and I do wish that they would play that they being like the powers that be um, <laughs> retro radio, like you know, not necessarily satellite, but the ones with all the car commercials. That one that that they would play more off the wall and and lean a little less heavily on Thriller because there's so many good songs, and I think this one is like would be a good car song too. Maybe I'll just put the CD in my car. Yeah. And hell with it. <laughs> you know, it's funny you would say that. This is a conversation I have with my family a lot because when I'm in the car and a countdown comes on, I won't. Like my rule is you don't change it. Once you realize it's a countdown, you have to stick with it and listen to it because I think that's where all the interesting songs show up on the radio now because they're so programmed to give you that, that top echelon of kind of a list hits from the decade that you just don't get 
you don't get the off the wall. You don't hear that boss gag song. You never hear the Manhattan. Right. You just don't hear those things unless you're listening to a countdown that it happened to be on there. And I think that's I think that's where some of the interesting stuff has kind of fallen into the cracks. It's the only time to well, hear it. Eighties on eight has those um, those countdowns that they do with the VJs. That yeah, Nina well, that's what I'm talking and, about. And Mark do it. Yeah. yeah. And when you go back and you listen to 80, 81, 82, yes, you hear these crazy songs that you're like, I can't believe this charted, you know, yeah. you know, number 40 in, in 1980. Um, yeah. Then again, that's also why I've kind of also rediscovered. And I'm, I listen more and more now these days to 70s on 7 just to hear those those songs that were that gave birth to the 80s sound. The kind of proto, yeah, proto 80s stuff. So for the last song of our time travel back to the year 1980, here's a forgotten hit that I heard for the first time in a long time just last week. And I couldn't stop singing it the rest of the day. This is Kenny Loggins with This Is It. So do you remember the days when you would buy an album just because the cover looked kick-ass? Sure. So Mm -hmm. Kenny Loggins had a live album that came out just about this time. And it's him wearing like the fuzziest, funkiest sweater you've ever seen. And he's got his his furry little beard and his, you know, and he just looks like he's the, the coolest guy in the world. Circa 1979 to someone who's only like, you know, 12 years old. But one of the songs on the live album, so I heard it first as a live song, and, and it plays occasionally today on 70s and 7, is this song. Um, this is it. It was released really late in the year, uh, November 1979. Still did well enough that it's the number 28 song of 1980. And, of course, you probably all recognize that that's Michael McDonald in the background providing additional vocals. Little Yacht Rock shout out there. I love me some I actually- If you got Michael McDonald on board. Almost Yacht Rock. I, I actually thought this was Michael McDonald forever. <laughs> like, because he, I don't know, you hear a little bit yeah. of Michael McDonald and you're like, just assume. It's yeah. so distinctive. Yeah. The it voice is, is so yeah. distinctive. Uh, this song did pretty well for Kenny. It uh, won the Grammy in 1981 for the best pop vocal performance by a male. If you're wondering what it is about, I have the answer. The song was mainly written, but uh, Kenny was having issues finishing up the lyrics. And ultimately, he was influenced by his father, who was depressed after going through a series of surgeries after having a stroke. And then one day, he just kind of said to Michael, I got it. It's not a love song. It's a life song. And so when you read the lyrics like, no, whatever you do, I'm here by your side for once in your life. Here's your miracle. Stand up and fight. So it is an anthem to his father to... um to stand up and fight and, yeah, and to that he's handle these him. surgeries and uh, let's let's move on. So it's a great song. I love it. And it, for some reason, if it comes on, I'll just start singing like a madman. I have no excuse for that whatsoever. No, that's really nice. I love songs that are on the surface a love song, but it can apply to a friend or a child or a relationship that's not a lover, which is, I don't know, it, it has more, it has a longer life in my, in my book, yeah. you know? 
Okay, this is the time where we usually do a ham-handed <laughs> delivery to the Seggies. But today I'm so happy to report that we're back to uh, having Jen's game night. Woo-hoo. So cue the theme song. Shall we play a game? Okay, so this is good timing for this game because it's all about music and musicians. So great segue into this game. Um, I call it Band-Aid. And what we're going to do is I'm going to go through five different categories. And each category is a, is a, a role in a band. So lead singer, guitar, drums, etc. I'm going to name a person and you both have to ring in. And you remember how to do that, right? I use my name. My name, my name is your my name passport. Steve. <laughs> Steve, you use your name. <laughs> so that's how we'll play. I'll give you the category. I'll tell you the person, and then you ring in, and whoever rings in first tells me who, what band. What they're band? In. They're, oh, so you're going to say like what? guitarist, blah blah blah, and we'll have to tell you what band it is. Exactly. Okay. okay. Give it a shot. And if you don't get it right, the other person does have a chance to get a point. And these are all worth one point, and I will keep score. Okay. So, guys, shall we play a game? Love to. Love to. All right. The first round is lead singer. Ready? Yep. Robbie Gray. Steve. Brad. Steve. Modern English. Good. Kate Pearson. Brad. Steve. Mm, that was awful close. I'm going to give it to Brad. B-52s. And then I'm also going to get a new pen because this one's not working. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. Dr. Dre. Steve. Steve. W.A. Yes. Exine Cervenka. Brad. Brad. That's X. All right. And the next one, Cheryl James and Sandra Denton. Well, I got nothing. Either of you? I got nothing. No, not ringing a bell. The answer is Soul and Peppa. Oh, oh, we're idiots. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're up to the second round here. It's guitarist, people who played guitars in bands in the 80s. Nancy Wilson. Steve. Steve. Mark. Warren Martini. You're just making up names now. No, that's a real name. <laughs> that's, my, that's my code name. That's, that's what I check myself in in the cruise as. Warren Martini. <laughs> yeah. No Either idea. of you? No idea. No. Rat. Uh, I, feel, I feel okay not knowing that. I, I feel <laughs> vindicated. <laughs> All right, the next one. Vernon Reed. Oh, Brad. Brad. Um, that's in Living Color, isn't it? Yes, sir. Although I don't think it's in Living Color. Oh, it's Living that's Color. That's right. Living Color was a TV show. That's all right. They are commonly it's the confused. in Living Color. <laughs> the in Living Color. Yep, that's right. All right, next guitarist, George Lynch. Oh, shoot. I know this one. Mm. Oh, you stink, Jen. Heavy. Go heavy. George Lynch. God, I know this. No, I, no People idea. at home are going crazy now. Right now, they know this. Uh, we give up. Dawkin. Uh, oh, no, I okay, didn't know that. Okay, you didn't that. know that, did you? <laughs> <I didn't> know <laughs> that. <laughs> All right, your final guitarist, Steph Burns. Steph Burns. Oh, mm-hmm. um, you, you're just picking genres where you know we don't know. No, no, this one you you know Steph this band. Steph Burns. 
You may or may not have cruised that, with this I band. Think that's 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 Brad's uh, pseudonym on the '80s cruise. Um, <laughs> I, I guess. Wait, I guess I have to buzz in first. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh wait, you said we've heard him on the cruise. What? We heard them on the cruise. You don't lose points for guessing. Um, Steve. Brad. Steve, what's your guess? <laughs> Okay, first- Brad, what's your guess? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let Steve come up with his guess. Okay. No, no, no. I, I, it's in and out of my head already. Um, so, well, I was going to go with somebody else, but when you said someone on the on the cruise, I'm going to guess that it was um, the guitar player with Berlin. No. Good guess. Wrong. It was no. Huey Lewis and the News. Shoot. Oh, we're lame. We suck. That's all right. Let's, move, really hard. let's move on to drummers. Drummers are a little easier. I think okay. people know drummers. All right. Here we go. Stuart Copeland. Steve. Brad. Steve. Police. Next one is Rick Allen. Steve. Brad. Is it me? Yeah. It's you, Steve. Not oh, Brad it's, shit. It's Def Leppard. Yes, sir. Very good. Next one is Gina Shock. Steve. Brad. Steve. Go, goes. It's gone. <laughs> Bootsy Collins. Oh, I think I know this one. Steve. Oh, crap. Steve. Is it Adam and the Ants? Mm, nope. No. Brad, you want to take a guess? Um, it's Is it Parliament Funkadelic? Brad, it is Parliament Funkadelic. <laughs> yes! That's not... <laughs> Okay. Crush it. That just sounds like the name of, of an Adam and the Ant drummer. No. Incorrect. <laughs> we don't know history. This. History. All right. Uh, your last drummer is John Moss. John oh, Moss. I should know that. Can you give us a genre? Uh, 80s music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are they Brad. a U.S. band or a... U.S. Brad. band? Brad, 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 Brad. 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 First. Good guess, but not wow. right. Oh, I love how she Steve? Did. No, I got nothing. It was actually one that I knew. Culture Club. Um, oh, shoot. Yeah, now, now yeah. that you say that. I'm on the record as saying I changed the station when that band comes on, so I'm not surprised I didn't know that. You, you know, I love Karma Chameleon. To each I love own. a to lot of their own. songs. All right, here we go. We're getting to bassists now. Okay, here we Arguably go. Arguably the coolest instrument, but I'm not going <laughs> to defend totally that agree. argument. <laughs> All right, here we go. John Taylor. Brad. Steve. Brad. Duran Duran. Also, cutest bassist. All right, moving on. Michael Anthony. Brad. Steve. Brad. Van Halen. Come on. All right. Ready? Benjamin Orr. Brad. Steve. Brad. The cars. The cars. Ready? Tino Weymouth. Brad. Steve. It's definitely Brad. Go ahead, Brad. Oh, come on. Here we go. Ready? Last bassist, Michael Steele. Uh, (laughs) This one's tricky. I won't lie. This one's tricky. Uh, Brad. Brad. Chicago. Incorrect. Steve, want to take a guess? No, that's a good guess, though. Um, I got nothing. I'm sorry. Michael Steele is the bassist for The Bangles. Uh, really? What? Really? For that's realsies, way yeah. too tricky. 
<laughs> I feel pretty good about that category, so I don't care that I got that one wrong. Yeah, I was surprised. I was expecting uh, a little John Wetton from Asia or Tim Butler from Psychedelic Furs. I wanted to mix it up, have a mix of genres, a mix of genders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So this is the final round. What's the score? And going into it, Steve, you've got six. Brad, you have eight. Oh! Okay, I got to defend. Got to go All into right, prevent, go. prevent mode here. Just like the newer Final Saints. round. <laughs> Final round. Keyboards. Are you ready? Yeah. Steve Percaro. Brad. Brad. That's Toto. It is Toto. And about a million other bands, but Toto's. Yeah. Yeah, Steve, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't get that one. Okay, here we go. I, I would have, if, if, but if Mr. <laughs> somehow <laughs> magically buzzing Mr. in before me. Mr. Fast Neurons over here. Right, here we go. Jimmy Destry. Brad. Brad. Destry's Midnight Runners. <laughs> I almost want to give you five points just for saying that. <laughs> Sadly. That's not it. It is not the right band, no. Jimmy Destry. What do you think, Steve? Jimmy Destry? Jimmy Destry. No, I got nothing. I would just be guessing. I'd just be throwing out a name. I don't know anything. Throw out a name. Just throw yeah, out a throw name. Throw one out there. Chicago, I guess. I'm just going to keep saying Chicago. Chicago <laughs> yeah. The answer is Blondie. Oh, oh see, yeah. I couldn't name anything. Anybody from Blondie except for Blondie? Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> Charlotte Caffey. Steve. Mm, Steve. That's Go-Go's. Yep. Is the Go-Go's. All right. Oh, boy. Magna Furohorman. Use your deductive reasoning, guys. Magna Furohorman. Uh, Steve. Steve. Scorpions. Good guess, but no. That is really I hear good guess. I know I'm wrong. <laughs> I want to say it. Oh shit. Steve again. So, did, what, who did you say, Steve? I mean, I'm sorry, Brad. I said Abba. Brad said Abba. Abba. Okay. Look, Abba. It was so close phonetically. It's actually Kraftwerk. Uh-huh. Oh shit! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. bass player. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Of course All it right. was. <clears throat> so the final keyboardist is Lisa Coleman. Brad. Brad. Uh, Prince of the Revolution. That is correct. Brad, you have 10. Steve, you have 7. Brad, you've won this game of Band-Aid. You have triumphed. Uh, Arms raised over my head. Yeah, congratulations. Good game, good game. That was fun. fun. I liked that one. I liked that one a lot. I have a tiebreaker just for funsies if you want. Okay. Yeah. Okay, saxophone is the category, and his (laughs) name is... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. His name is... Clarence Clemens. Oh, seriously, Clarence yeah. Clemens. That was that was the tiebreaker, just in case. Just, just, just somebody would have because somebody would have buzzed someone in. Someone would, yeah, it would have been a race at that point. It would have been a race. Yeah, Obviously, nice. it's in excess. That would have been a good one. <laughs> that would have been a good one. That's a that good, that is, I like that. That's a fun uh, trivia one. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Good, and it, and you, it's uh, it's easy to to do again too. We could do another. All right. Yeah, there's lots yeah. of other lots of other musicians out there to, for us to not know. <laughs> exactly. 
I hope everyone enjoyed playing along at home. Uh, I hope you weren't screaming too uh, loudly into your uh, your iPhone Talking, or whatnot. Talking. <laughs> I, I know we're we just we just don't know those bands as well. I, I apologize. I'm really bad about that. But we'll be back. And if you have ideas for uh, forgotten hits of 1981, that'll obviously be our next one. Send them to podcast at sit80s.com. In the meantime, <laughs> Jen, victorious Brad, and the saxophonist from the E Street Band remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.